What's up guys? We believe teenagers have been put in a box and under a stereotype, and we want to break out of that. Every week, we talk with the next generation of innovators and influencers about stuff like entertainment, fashion, sports, and food. We also get the perspective on current topics, as well as find out what keeps them motivated on the daily. Welcome to Juvie. What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Juvie Podcast, and before we get into our guest, Make sure to hit subscribe button, drop a like, follow us on all of our social medias, and download. Leave a comment on YouTube as well. Do that as well. Download every episode on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because we can't actually see listeners. So just just make sure to download it. Hit that download. Now that that's all been said, let me introduce a very special guest. I'm hyped for this one. Yeah. It's going to be a good episode. Entrepreneur, business owner, and self made multimillionaire, Brian Ellis. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah. Welcome to Juvie, we're here where we interview teenagers and Bryant. Yes. Bryant, I'm how old te- are you? I'm still a teenager. Yeah, 27. <laughs> 27. So yeah. what are you about? What do you do? Well, I'm an entrepreneur and a business owner, like Josh, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I love making companies, and I love going after my dreams and having adventures and just creating a life where I'm able to pursue my dreams without any, you know, Financial. Me. Yeah. yeah, financial blocks or anything like that. So, yeah. so you've had obviously one of your. I'm sure you're working on many, many projects, but one of them has really just gone to the moon. And what what is that company? What is Adventure Challenge? So the Adventure Challenge is a scratch off adventure book. And if you're not familiar with the scratch off adventure book, is essentially well, our most popular one is our date book. Okay. And essentially, this book has 50 different dates in it, but you can't see what the dates are because they're covered with like a lottery ticket scratcher material. Genius. So you get your significant other, you pick one of the squares, it has a bunch of like icons that give you hints to what the date's going to be, so you mm-hmm. know how much you're spending, how much time you're going to be using, and things like that. You scratch it off and that tells you what to do. And once you scratch it off and you read what it says, there's no take backs. You have to uh, do what's in the box. Yeah. So there's like this adventurous level of like buy-in when you get with your significant other and you're like yeah. whatever's under this box you have to we're do. gonna have to do it yeah and it's fun and, and none of them are crazy adventures like they're not telling people to go jump off a cliff go skydiving or bungee jumping yeah it's it's more cute adventures yeah. you know yeah, like one of you is time. blindfolded while you're making an apple pie and yeah. the other person can't talk and just guide with your hands so it just offers opportunities for good flirty moments good moments of connection good conversation just yeah. from doing something we've never done before and so we have a lot of different books we have one for families, couples, friends, one to do by yourself. Joshi is working on one that's a dinner soon. dates edition. Yep. So soon. it's just going to be with dates to do with dinner. So that's going to be really fun. But that's my main sugar daddy company, I'll <laughs> call it. The one that's uh, really taken off and been a huge blessing in my life. So, I mean, obviously you're at a level of success now where you've made it to a top level, but where did the original idea come from? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so ultimately I got the idea one time I was just spending time in prayer. And I wasn't thinking of ideas or trying to come up with a multi-million dollar company. (laughs) I was literally just praying and spending time with the Lord. And then all of a sudden this idea just dropped into my head and I saw a picture of this book. And the book opened, and I saw all these adventures within the book, and they were each covered with this lottery ticket scratcher material. And I thought, oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, I love that. And I get ideas like that all the time for different products, books, games, things of that nature. But at the time, I was doing an acting – I was in acting conservatory school, so I was really busy, didn't have a lot of time to, you know, run ideas and stuff. I probably wouldn't have really gone all in on this idea if – I didn't tell a couple of people about the idea and they like 
lost their shit about it. Or yeah. like, you have to go after that yeah. idea yeah. and do something. And so I think I told somebody here at the school I was in, I was like, oh, I had this idea this morning for an adventure book, but you can't see the adventures until you scratch it off. And she was like, oh my God, that would be such yes. a cool product. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that would be such a cool product. Yeah. yeah. I think I told a couple other people about it and they had the similar reaction. And I was like, okay, I want to be an actor. I want to go after the arts. What if I make this product and I can sell like 50 of them a week, mm-hmm. make like two grand a, a month? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd be rolling thick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I don't need to worry about waiting tables or doing any other kind of job while I'm pursuing acting. I can just sell these books yeah. and that'll pay for my rent and food and coffees and whatever. Yeah. So that was the original idea. Yeah. The original idea was to make this product so I could pursue acting full time without having to, uh, you know, work a restaurant job yeah. or do a job that I didn't like doing. Yeah. So that's so where it originally came from. Oh, so you the, said that guitar. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> it's all good. You said that you were just expecting to sell like maybe fifty books a day. How many are you selling a day now? Fifty books a day? No, I was not. Oh, a week. I mean, yeah. I was hoping for fifty books a week. I'm trying to get on my calculator right now. If I was selling fifty books a week. That would have been $2,000. Uh, that would have been $8,000 a gonna month. going to take a wild wow. guess and say you're selling a little bit more than that. Yeah, but. yeah. yeah. Right, How much is it now? Right now, um, I would say we're selling anywhere from two to th- two to two and a half thousand books wow. a day. A day. A that's day? crazy. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's what we're doing now. We're, we're doing a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what was the process? Like, where did the idea turn into reality and then into mm-hmm. a full-blown company? Yeah, so I got the idea and played with it in my head for a little bit, talked to a few people about it. And then um, during BCA, I took a break. I think it was during spring break. Um, We had a week off, and I was like, I'm going to use this break to really build this product and at least try to make a prototype. Because in my head, I'm like, if I make a prototype, I can show a publishing company maybe they buy it i had no idea how this would work i didn't Mm -hmm. you know i don't know is it a book is it a game is it a toy what so i was like if i make a prototype maybe i can show it to a publishing company and then they can give me a dollar for each one they sell or something like that so i went to hobby lobby bought a notebook bought you know photo albums that i ripped Mm -hmm. off the film and taped into the back of the book so you could hold pictures after you do an adventure yeah Yeah. and then i bought double-sided uh photo tape so people could have a place to stick like all i was basically just creating a prototype and then i ordered scratch off material on amazon in this big gray sheet and i cut it little squares out and then i glued it over the adventures so it was really really janky really ghetto and uh i ended up showing it to one of my friends and she was like oh this is awful (laughs) (laughs) he's like no i this is how you need to do it and so she starts she sat down with me for a day and she's designing a better format for me and she's taking my ideas and editing them and she essentially became my first partner in it and she started helping me create the format of the book which is crazy because now she owns i i ended up giving her one percent of the company that's probably worth a lot it is she'll probably never have to work again in her life wow um so that one percent is making her six figures yeah that's crazy yeah so she and she probably worked for like a month or two just, months. Just helping you. Just helping me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would she say it was a good it. investment. Yeah. yeah. It was a definitely. good, definitely a good ROI. Um, I love the fact that she owns 1% yeah. and is able to, you know, make money off that. But that's how, it, that's how it started. We started off by just making the prototype. And what's crazy and what I tell entrepreneurs a lot 
is everybody's trying to figure out what it looks like when they get an idea, like, how do we sell it in stores? Yeah. I'm like, you don't have a freaking product yet. <laughs> yeah. so you need something to show people. And the and one, one thing that's crazy is when you start taking steps forward with an idea, doors start opening. Yeah. So don't be looking down at door number 10, wondering when's door number 10 going to open when you haven't even walked through door number two. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can relate to that even when it comes to this podcast. Yeah. It's like, we were like, are we going to make money off this? How about we record an episode yeah. first, <laughs> get an episode out, and see if we even get a reaction totally. before exactly. we even start thinking five years down the line. Like, because eventually we we came we came to terms with realizing we probably won't make money off this for a couple of years. Yeah, and it's like if we 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 would be proud of ourselves and feel like we're succeeding if we just stayed on our releasing episode a yeah. week totally. and see where that takes us. Yeah. Before. Yeah. And you guys are visionary, so it's hard not to be thinking about the end game. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're like, let's start a podcast. How do we take over the world of this yeah, podcast? Exactly. You know, it's not just like, let's do something for fun. I mean, and I'm the same way. I, I want to know how I take over the world with this idea, not just, yeah. oh, this is a fun thing to bring some momentum. Yeah. And, you know, like you guys said, you guys release your first episode. You see traction. You do it again and again. You release 50 episodes and you go, how do we monetize this? Exactly. How do we make money now? How do we make a yeah. grand a month? Yeah. You know, so, um, but that, that's what, you know, I encourage a lot of people to do because that's, that was our process. We were making this product and we were like, we just need to get through the next door, which is make yeah. the prototype a little bit better, a little bit better. And yeah. by the time the prototypes were finished, then I started having, in, I made a, a GoFundMe. Or, yeah. Yeah, GoFundMe. And then I had investors start approaching me because mm. they saw the product, they saw the potential. They were like, we like this, we want to get behind it and yeah. buy equity in this. Um, and so there was a few different meetings I have with different investors. Um, none of them felt like a great fit. And yeah. one of the reasons being is because, excuse me, <clears throat> allergies are kicking me. Um, one of the reasons being is in the process of making this book, I got a ton of vision for building a company. Yeah. And I was like, I want to create a company where I get to hire a bunch of creative people and we get to have so much fun making creative stuff yeah. and releasing content and making cool books and new products. And I just want to have so much fun with that. And I don't want anybody to essentially look down on me because I don't have a business degree. Mm -hmm. I'm a high school dropout. And you know, I, it's like, I wanted people to partner with me who believed in my ideas and didn't yeah. look down on me because of my age or my, you know, lack of degrees or whatever. Yeah. And so ultimately I ended up partnering with one of my best friends which I'd say is a very sketchy thing to get into <laughs> if you want to keep that friendship. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it just, it felt like the best fit to me because we were already close. We were already going after ideas together. We had already led a, a couple of things together. We started our own like acting circle where we acted once a week with this group of people. And, and I was like, we have good chemistry when we work together. Yeah. And so he came on and bought 30% of the adventure challenge idea for me mm -hmm. for $40,000. Okay. Which at the time that was like hitting Huge. the lot. Yeah. yeah. You're like, 40 grand. I was like, this sucker, man. I just took $40,000 <laughs> from this guy. Like, And now I can say that 40000 paid off in his favor oh, yeah, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. So, But that's how it started, was yeah. just making the prototypes until um, I was ready to show investors and then finding the right investor, selling 30% of the company. And now he is um, he's my CEO. So yeah. he actually wow. runs the company. I'm the president of the company. I just kind of direct it from afar and, yeah. and point it in the right direction. And um, but I'm not in the day to day operations anymore. Yeah, that's just, that isn't that's not fun. Because <laughs> I I remember from the very beginning, I was actually your first ever subscriber on YouTube. Oh yeah, for the adventure challenge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I I watched every video of all of the prototypes. Mm -hmm. So I've 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 seen it 
evolve into what it is now and yeah. it's been really inspiring to yeah. watch thanks man i appreciate yeah. that yeah it's so been, it's been fun to make i heard you say that you're a high school dropout and like a part of this is like i feel like sometimes as teenagers or young people when we have big ideas a lot of the time people either not in our generation or older just simply don't take us serious yeah. mm-hmm. because like you're a teenager so you being a high school dropout obviously now becoming successful how did you handle people either not taking you serious or not believing in you before i became successful yeah before mm-hmm. Um, or did you ever, did you ever go through people being like, oh, like you're a high school dropout. It's never gonna, I think what people saw in me before I was successful is that when I had an idea, I would do it. Yeah. And so I've always been somebody who gets lots of ideas, yeah. but I hate talking about ideas. Mm-hmm. So if I get an idea for a sketch comedy short film or, you know, if you know, an, um, a web series or a new, whatever, I always do it. Yeah. I just try it. I, I take my hand at it. So I think for the most part, I've been taken seriously because I'm not all talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first business that exploded and really could say it gave me some validation as an yeah. entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. um, I never feel like people didn't take me seriously because I always really worked hard and, and took myself seriously. Um, and I, I feel like in, uh, one of the leaders um, in my life a few years ago said, you train people on how to treat you. Mm. So if, if everybody in your world you feel like is treating you not right or isn't being fair, like it could be how you carry yourself. It could be how you talk to them, how you let people talk to you. Yeah. And so learning that early on, it's like I get to train people how they treat me, what's acceptable, what's not, yeah. what's not acceptable. And so for most of my life, I feel like I've nobody's really looked down on me. The few people yeah. who have or I felt like they underestimated me maybe was just more fuel for my ambition. Yeah. I told, like, I, yeah, I get like, that. Yeah, all right, you don't yeah. believe me, that's fine. I'll show you. We, we're we trying to um, build a film studio right now. Like that's our next venture yeah. is we want to make the best film studio in Northern California. Yeah. And we want to make feature films, TV shows, web series, music videos, all these you know crazy commercials. And um, it's really interesting because we just got into, there was this, um, there's another film, uh, film studio that uh, we had a conversation with and yeah. because we were hiring some of their employees because they wanted jobs and we just had a conversation. They were like, we were like, Hey, we just want to let you know, we're not trying to compete with you guys. We just, you know, we're, but we will beat you in the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, we're, we're not trying to compete with you guys, you know? Um, and then what one of the guys told my managers, he said, you guys make books. You're not competition for us. Oh. And I was like, Oh, that was not a smart thing for him to say. Cause yeah. that made me that more made, motivated. Yeah. Now it's a competition. You know, I, was like, oh, I was like, dang bro. Like, but it's, it's just funny because I'm like, I don't really care what people think. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, I can see what people see from the surface and go, Oh, that's just that. Or that's just that. But like, I'm a dreamer. I have a lot of yeah. things I want to, I want to see done. And if, if, somebody doesn't believe in me because of my age or my qualifications or whatever it's just like well that's whatever there's more fuel to excite me to make it happen so yeah to kind of link into that one what would you say the most important business lesson or life lesson you've learned since starting adventure challenge uh i don't want to sound cliche but uh Investing in yourself is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Gary Vee says that a lot. He's yeah, like, invest in yourself always. You know, yeah. but it's like, I got $800. What do I do with it? He's like, invest it in yourself. Yeah. But it's surprising how many people ask me, like even um, uh, my girlfriend, you know, she uh, she's working part time. She doesn't have like a lot of money, but she, you know, ended up getting like two grand a stimulus check or something yeah. like that. And she's like, she sees me investing in stocks and all these different things and, yeah. you know, seeing my returns. And um, 
she's like, I want to invest this $2,000 in the stock market. What do I do? Yeah. I'm like, babe, do not put a dollar <laughs> into the stock market. Like buy a microphone, you know, mm. buy voice lessons, you know, go to acting classes, you know, invest in your future. It, yeah. yeah. invest in your future. Like, right. That $2,000 isn't going to change your life yeah. dramatically yeah. financially. You know, that that's, it's not, even if you put it in the right investment, the chances of it doing anything crazy or small. And even if it does, that's probably still not going to transform your whole life. Well, yeah, it's like you put two grand and it doubles. Okay. Then you have four grand. What yeah, you yeah. Grand. What are you going to do with take that? It out. Yeah. You're going to keep playing with it. Exactly. Now, yeah. are you day trading? Are you doing holding it long term? I'm like, don't waste your time with that. Cause you don't, you don't, you know, if you, if you can't explain an investment to somebody else, you shouldn't invest in it. Yeah. And all yeah. these people are dumping money into the stock market because they see these fads happening yeah. and they're losing money. And it's like, well, you know, you got to do your research, man. So yeah. what you on the on people just throwing their money in stocks? What do you think about the GameStop? That whole thing, dude. So I didn't even know. I, I had to Google what was the GameStop. Yeah, <laughs> so did I. Because you know, I saw all this hype and all these memes, and um, I thought it. I thought it was crazy. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. holy crap! Like that's crazy. How? But it just shows how much power Those and influence, mm -hmm. like you know, these influencers on Reddit, yeah, yeah Reddit, just like, destroyed. You you could you could change the game with a system yeah. like that. And so, um, I personally wouldn't play, you know, play with my capital in that type of arena, yeah. um, unless it was a small amount. And it was just for fun. I was willing to lose it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm like, good for them. There's several kids who got really rich off that mm -hmm. and yeah. a lot of rich people who lost a lot of money on yep. that. so it's kind of one of those underdog stories that's kind of funny and cool and weird yeah. at the same time right. did you hear about elon like he'll just just like post on twitter a company name millions and millions yeah. of dollars people just go put it in that's what do you think crazy. about people using their authority and influence like that like do you think it's smart um I don't know if I could speak into that. And also you have to understand, I'm not an invest an investment guru. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm learning. I'm educating myself. Investments in stocks and things like that never had any interest to me until I had money. And it was like, yeah. okay, how can I, mm -hmm. you know, send this out and make more? Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, e Elosk is a lot more, in Elon, Elosk. Elon <laughs> Musk is a lot more intelligent than I think we realize. Yeah. So I don't even know if what, when he's putting out companies like that, if it's is random or. I feel like he might have money in it before we all go invest. Yeah, he definitely. Does. He yeah, puts he, money in it and then tells everybody to invest in it. Then he makes yeah, more money. He has his whole team and he's like, listen, I'm just going to tweet out Walmart today. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to go up 3%. And then we're going to pull out the next day. Yeah, like, honestly, that's what Tesla's running off of. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, is it smart to use your influence that way? If Maybe if you're making money off it and you're helping yeah. other people make money, cool, you know, but yeah. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> so talking about like choosing stuff to invest money in what would you say your best business decision decision since like aside from starting a venture challenge what would you say your best business decision you've ever made would be um now financially or one that i'm most happy about proud I, say happy. Of? I think happy yeah like happy the one you just feel best about um honestly fail journal yeah, mm. it's not making any money right now. You know, we're not monetizing the podcast, but I've invested a significant amount of money into it. And I have, you know, two full time employees who run the show, edit everything, produce the episodes. Yeah. And I'm most excited about that just because it's fun. Yeah. I get a platform to go vent all of my opinions and 
interview people and things like that. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite businesses is I own uh, Lift CrossFit here in Reading. Nice. Okay. And that's just super fun. It's turning to be one of the bigger CrossFit gyms here in Reading. And the guy running it, Marin Dugist, he is just a beast. Yeah. Yeah. And just it's fun to be able to hear people like, oh, what do you work out? Or I, lift, I work out at Lift CrossFit. And it's the... Like, oh, so, I own that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and I never say that. I never yeah, tell yeah, people yeah. I own it just because it's like, it's, you know, Marin's the one running the show. He's also a part owner. So yeah. it's just like people can... Yeah. See him as the owner. Yeah. I get to be a quiet partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's fun for me just to hear that, oh, cool, we've made another business where people are thriving and yeah. people are aware of the culture that's in Lyft. Because yeah. we're really passionate about the culture in our company, which is 80 plus employees. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, it's the culture so fun. They're generous. They love their people. And that's like the most exciting part of my business. Yeah. And so the fact that our gym, it's yeah. not, you know, run by all these employees, but the culture is still fun, exciting, mm-hmm. accepting, and people go back because of the community. So you're winning when yeah, it comes to exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that business, it, it is profitable. It is making money. Not enough money to make me, like, excited about it, yeah. but it's like the excitement comes yeah. from the fact that we have a place in Reading that's benefiting yeah. the people here. So yeah. One thing, one really cool thing that I heard about Adventure Challenge is that you guys, I don't know if it's occasionally, if it's only happened once, but you told all of your employees to take a break and then go to the lab and have a Mario Kart tournament. <laughs> yeah, we do things like that. We we sometimes, uh, it, it just depends, um, especially towards the beginning of the company. I did a lot more things like that where yeah. I'd kind of walk into the office if morale felt low. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, guys, we're having a Mario Hyper Kart tournament. tournament. That's so fun. You know, so yeah. we do stuff like that. Or, you know, we just buy everyone lunch or take them out to the park to go work or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, we like just bringing in the f- So we've talked about business for the majority of the time, I was, I mean, we all know, or well, we know you like doing extreme sports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite thing to do in the expre- extreme sports arena? Like what, mm-hmm. what just brings you the most joy? Skydiving, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, skydiving is so fun. And, and people are so scared of skydiving because they're afraid of the sensation of free fall. I mean, minus yeah. the thought that they might die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plane. Uh. Once they get over the fact that, you know, they know it's actually the, the, the most dangerous part of skydiving is driving there. Yeah. More, yeah. You're more likely I've to die in a car that. accident than you are to die in a skydive accident. Um, but once they get over, once they realize that, they're like, well, free falling sounds terrifying for a whole minute. Because mm-hmm. they're expecting, you know, like a roller coaster where you go yeah. up, you drop for three seconds, you get that intense feeling in your stomach, and you're like, I couldn't do that for a minute. Yeah. You don't get that at all. No, nope. really. You get that for like half of a second. Well, Josh, he's been. Yeah, I went, I went with yeah. you, yeah. We, me and Josh, you flew in a private jet to Sacramento <laughs> and then jumped out of tiny airplanes it was, all day. It was a bougie day. It, <laughs> it was, was great. It was super bougie. But no, it's it's not scary. It's just fun. And so, wow. and, and doing it by yourself is so cool because you get to like flip in the sky and yeah. do all this cool stuff. It feels like flying. Like, yeah. well, you are flying. You're yeah. just flying towards the ground really fast. Because yeah. I've always I've always heard that there's no falling sensation, but I thought there's no way yeah. your stomach doesn't drop even a little you don't, bit. Yeah. Even when you jump Not for a second. You don't even feel it for a mm-hmm. second. You just feel like you're laying on a cloud. Mm-hmm. What? It's crazy. I'm going to need to crazy. That, it's yeah. a weird sensation for sure, yeah. Anyone who does it, I mean, there's a few people who have done it and they're like, have an anxiety attack just because they're of the mental aspect of being so high, but nobody who's, who slightly likes adventure does it and is freaked out by it. Yeah. They're like, Oh, that was cool. Now jumping alone's different because your life is in your hands. Mm-hmm. You have to pull your chute and fly have your chute. Have you had any scares where like you like miss? Like, yeah. is it just there or do you have to like reach for it? So there's a little hacky sack um, near your backpack. And oh. you pull it out. And the the hacky sack is attached to the chute and the wind rips out the bag. Oh. So you just pull it out a little bit and the wind does the rest. Um, so, but you have to be flying on your stomach 
to pull your chute. Yeah. Otherwise, you could get wrapped up in it. Oh. So I had a scare once. I was jump number uh, 13 or 14. I was in the training school for jumping. And one yeah. of the jumps they make you do is what they call hop and pop, where you jump at 3,000 feet oh. and pull your chute instantly. Usually, you jump at like 10 to 13,000 feet. Yeah. You fall for a minute, then pull your chute. So they were like, we're going to jump at 3,000 feet. You have to pull your chute within five seconds. Oh. And I'm like, okay, that's no problem. I pulled my chute 12 other times. This is no big deal. They open the door, and normally it's cold because you're so high up. I remember it was warm, and I could see cars. Like, that's how low oh. we are to the ground. Like, I could see cars. When you're, mm-hmm. when you're 13,000 feet, they look like little ants. Yeah. You, know, you can't even really tell what they are. 3,000 feet, you see the model of the car. And I was like, oh, shit. And I jumped out of the plane and was just wonky. Couldn't stable myself, freaked out and pulled my chute, wrapped me up. And then somehow it just, the wind pulled, unwrapped me and yanked it open. Oh my. So if you didn't get that gust of wind, it could have been. Yeah, it could kill me. Could have been game over. Yeah, because if you you get wrapped up in your chute, you can't detach and pull your reserve. Your stomach had to have dropped during that. My uh, my heart dropped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was was quick, but it was, I was like, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. (laughs) And then it opened, and then I got chewed out by the owner and the pilot because they saw it all happen. They were like, you never pull your effing chute when you're not stable. And I was like, I was going to die. (laughs) And uh, they made me get right back on the plane because like when you have like um, like a a feeling of near death experience like that, you'll probably won't jump again. And so I got back on the plane and I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) and then jumped again. and It was fine. Yeah, yeah, I bet perfect. I bet the shoot popping up was the best feeling in the whole world. Yeah, and, and I don't feel like I really expected to die. I think I was like, I'm in danger, mm-hmm. and I have yeah. a few seconds to figure this out. So um, it definitely was a scary moment, but um, but yeah, not scary enough to not make me want to do it anymore. Yeah. I still love jumping. So overall, you seem like a big risk taker when it comes to business, jumping out of planes, mm-hmm. riding dirt bikes. What would you say like the biggest risk decision or risk you've ever taken? Um, well, I mean, there's been several, I mean, it depends where you're at in life. Um, I, I took a risk and, um, loaned a company, my first million dollars that I ever made and they ran away with it. What? We still can't find it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. My first million that I ever made. Um, I, I was, I I was waiting till I had a million dollars in my checking account. Like not even the savings yeah, account. Like check, yeah. I was like, once I have a million, then I could be a millionaire. So I like waited, 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 and then boom, a million hit. I threw a party with my closest friends. It's called the yeah. Millionaire Party. How old were you when you first made a million? Twenty-five. Wow. Twenty-five. My first million. Twenty-six. I was twenty-five. Almost twenty-six. And um, made it. Three days later, got a phone call from a close friend who said, "Hey, this company that I work for, they need five million dollars to secure these masks in Illinois. They're sending it to the state of blah blah blah." And they were like, they, they will give you back 10% of whatever you loan them. Okay. And, they like, and they'll pay you back within 10 days. And he's like, this company's legit. I've worked for them for the last two years. They just need capital because it's COVID and all their capital is locked up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, 100K in 10 days? Hell yeah. yeah. This is why I have a million dollars to make investments <laughs> yeah. like this. So I sent them the million dollars. I got my lawyer. He made a contract, sent them the million dollars. 10 days goes by, not a dollar or a word for them. And then my friend ended up calling me and he's like, bro. 
they were broke and they were trying to get money from businesses so they could run away. So, they, so like the companies just disappeared. He's gone. So yeah, it's he, like they just don't yeah. sell. They don't make anything anymore. They just ran away with the money. No, they do. They're they're they they're they're entrepreneurs. So they're trying to make money. They're trying to get themselves out of these holes. That no, they were they're like in. stealing from people. Yeah, they are stealing. From, it was a Ponzi scheme. It was it was really effed up. And um, but yeah, I went from millionaire to broke in a day. Did you like? hide the FBI like did you try to get people on the case no honestly um adventure challenge was still doing really good mm -hmm. okay. at that point and so I was like okay in a couple of months because it was just like doubling tripling quadrupling yeah so it was like you know it took me a year and a half to save a million dollars and I was like well I should get another million in two months so wow. I was like I'm not gonna invest all of my emotional equity yeah. into finding this guy and I honestly prayed about it and felt yeah. like the Lord was like just let it go yeah. Like it's not, it's oh, not, don't worry about it. And so I did, I let it go. He still has my money and, um, but I've made millions of other dollars and yeah. it's like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I would love to have that back someday. Yeah. I could invest it into some cool stuff, but yeah. it's not going to steal my peace yeah. or my sleep. Anymore. Was it a Ponzi scheme the whole time or was it a legit company that just went broke? It was a legit company that went broke. They, they, but they didn't tell me all of the details. Like they were already in trouble and they were just getting themselves deeper and deeper and deeper, and they thought we could get out. And oh. so they had already were being sued by people from money they owed, and what they were hoping to do is take this money, free up the masks in Illinois, and then use the money that made from profit of that to pay back the other people. But all of like it was the perfect storm. Everything went wrong, and oh. then they just freaked out and dipped. Wow. And so now Jeez. they're they're somewhere like there. I think there's like a warrant out for their arrest because all these people really? have sued them. Wow. I'm currently like I hired a lawyer to sue them, but I don't even know what where they're at with that. Yeah. He's like, dude, they're gone. Like it'll be years before this ever goes to court if it yeah. does. And even if we do, like what they're gonna go to jail and then never pay you and back. At that point, so, you've probably yeah. made millions and millions more. Yeah, so. so it's it's like it's not worth it. So, but that was probably the biggest risk I took that failed. Um, starting Adventure Challenge, I went twenty thousand dollars of credit card debt. Wow. Um, and I was like, I'm either gonna make this happen or go bankrupt and mm -hmm. end up living with my parents. And yeah, it paid off. Yeah. So, and that was a big risk for me at the time. Um, but I think those are the biggest financial risks yeah. I've probably taken. Talking about paying off, if you feel comfortable saying this, what would you say your estimated net worth is? On Instagram, I posted, who asked that? Was that you who asked that? It, it was me who asked that. It was, yeah. Okay. When you asked that, um, it's hard to place a number because a lot of my valuation comes from how good the company's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and since I own 70% of the company, it's kind of like, that's a lot of my net worth. Yeah. But then yeah. It's like, okay, well, is my net worth based on how much we could sell the company for, how much we make in revenue every year? And so kind of from the statistics that my financial advisors have showed me, I posted 30 to 50, but it's probably closer to 70. Wow. Um, and so, but, but the thing is, is like we've been doubling and tripling every few months. Yeah. So wow. it, I could be worth 50, 70 million now, but next year it could be, well, 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 over a hundred, but that doesn't mean wow. I have a hundred million of cash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it just yeah. means that that's my worth, but I mean like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's just a number, honestly. It's just yeah. one of those things. It's like the, the higher we can get that, the more we can build, the more we can create, the more companies yeah. we can generate. And that's, you know, really exciting. But after a certain amount, you, it's just like, it, it's only useful for building and going yeah. out of the dreams, just you know, investing in. So majority of our demographic of people that listen to this podcast are under 19 young teenagers. So for you, say yourself in your teenage years, what advice would you have? If you could go talk to young Bryant for 10 mm -hmm. minutes, what would you tell him? Keep going after your ideas. 
100 percent. when you get an idea go after it it might not be your sugar daddy money maker big idea yeah but every idea that you go after and you fail and you learn lessons from that and then you get to apply those lessons to the next idea you just build upon this momentum to where something's going to click and something's going to work eventually yeah. eventually and so try as many things as you can don't be you know give yourself a good amount of time to try something out but if you realize you hate it it's not bringing you life freaking quit and try something else you know and i love that about my parents they never with sports it was never i you know i did wrestling for a year like i don't like it cool what else you want to do football Okay, the football fear. I don't like it. What do you want to do? Yeah. Basketball. Yeah. They were never like those parents who were like, no, you need to stick with it and get a scholarship. Yeah. And what was gr- beautiful about it is I got to try all of these things and realize I don't want to be a professional athlete. Yeah. Moving on, you know, yeah. as but you know, if I only tried one thing or never tried, as an adult, I could be like, man, I probably could have been a professional wrestler. I could have been a basketball player. Um, and the same with ideas. You know, I'm glad I've tried almost every idea I've had because it's like if I didn't try, I would always yeah. wonder, would this idea have worked yeah and now i can know no these ideas don't work these work i'm gonna apply my resources and energy into these ideas so if i could go back in time i'd tell brian keep pursuing the ideas you got um and keep making momentum that way yeah because i mean from what i've heard from your podcast and just you talking you're a big believer in fails Mm -hmm. actually are the fuel to success right absolutely yeah failure is is the prerequisite to success Mm -hmm. a lot of us see it as what holds us back from success and it's like no if you're not experiencing failure you're not pushing your pushing yourself far enough i know you're lifting weights you're working out yeah you you know you want to lift to the point to where you're like your muscles drop because that's when your body goes we're done yeah. We push ourselves to the limit. Now we're going to go rebuild our muscles and get yeah. bigger. And that's the same thing with life, whether you're going after a dream or whether you're taking risks or you're pursuing stand-up comedy. It's like until you get to the point where you fall on your face, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, the faster you, you fail, the faster you'll move forward. Yeah, because I think a lot of teenagers get stuck up in, like, their first fail. Mm-hmm. Like, the first first person that either tells them they don't have a good idea the first time something goes wrong they immediately stop there and i don't know if it's just because they haven't built up a tolerance or just because that's just like what they've been like what they've been taught and like grown up in and it's like i've talked about this on many episodes before but it's like if we would have stopped at the first chord that didn't work for the podcast we wouldn't have recorded the first episode and now we're on episode what five we're in our second month of it and i think like that's been a huge inspiration for me because we when we were coming to record our first ever episode we hit a major roadblock with the set and we're like this we don't like this at all we almost just didn't record yeah but then we changed up and then we went past it now i love that now we're very happy with and by, the, and by the time you guys get to episode, you know, 100, you're going to be able to be like, man, remember when we were on episode 20 yeah. and the mistakes we made and things like that? And exactly. it's like, it's a be- it's beautiful to watch the progress. And social media paints this image to where we want to show all of our most successful traits and yeah. portray this image of perfection. My life's side. perfect. Yeah. And it's like, what if we started portraying failures and mistakes and like hey guys this is a really shitty episode we made and yeah. there's a lot of feedback <laughs> and we dropped the mic and this happened but welcome and then people are like wow they're not trying to be perfect yeah, yeah. you know it's like it's okay to screw up it's yeah. part of life and, yeah. and if you once you accept that you can move ahead so much faster because you're not listening to all this noise coming at you yeah, yeah. so if i feel like i already know what the answer will be because we might have already went over it what would you say your biggest fail in your career is Biggest fail in the career. Um, I think so far, 
in the company was probably not firing somebody properly when it needed to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've only fired, we, we've, like I said, we have 80 plus employees. We've only fired five people in the history of the company. Wow. Wow. It takes a lot for you to get fired because we look for people that we really trust, really love, I think we'll have a lot of fun with and think that would be a good fit for the team. So when somebody slips through the cracks and it's not that, it's very rare. Yeah. And um, one person in particular, he was a financial advisor for our company. Good fit, great guy. I have nothing bad to say about him. Um, but he, his specialty was um, advising small business, mm -hmm. like small companies yeah. here in Reading. We outgrew that really quickly. Yeah. And we really quickly passed his level of expertise. Couldn't handle it. Yeah, and so we were dealing with questions. He's like, I have no idea. But he, instead of maybe admitting he didn't know, maybe he would try to give an answer and it wasn't great. Yeah. And so we just started to realize like, oh, he's not a good fit for yeah. where we're at right now, especially the amount of money we're paying him. And so me and Ben were like, all right, we're going to let him go and fire him. And we just procrastinated. And we were like, a week goes by. We're like, oh, we need to fire him. We need to let him go. And he keeps showing up to meetings. We're like, oh, when are we going to fire this guy? Like, he needs to go. And then we ended up telling one of the other leaders on the team, oh, we're having to let this guy go because of blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay. He ended up telling three other leaders that, hey, we're letting this guy go. So it built up into this whole thing where almost the whole company knew except that for him. this guy was going to get fired, <laughs> except awful. for this guy. And I, it was such a disaster. And it was when COVID hit. So it was like we weren't meeting in person anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was really sick. I just had shoulder surgery. And I was like, Ben, we have to fire this guy. Everybody <laughs> knows he's supposed to. We'd be in a meeting and he'd show up and everyone would be like, this is oh, awkward. This was, so this is probably the biggest mess we've created as leaders. Mm -hmm. And finally we came to the point. I said, Ben, we screwed this up. Like we need to not only fire him, but we need to apologize to him and the entire company for yeah. this horrible display of leadership. <laughs> so we literally, I fired him and was like, bro. And I told him the whole thing. I am so sorry. This is not. And we ended up giving him a really good um, exiting check. Or yeah. What do, you, what do you call that? Not a stipend. Severance. Severance. Ended up giving him really good severance. You know, just like, hey, we screwed up. And then we had to apologize in front of the whole company and be like, wow. this is not okay. Yeah. We did this. This was our mess up. We're sorry. And so um, that was probably the biggest mistake we've made as leaders. And that was probably a year into Adventure Challenge. So we only had like 20, 25 employees at the time, but it wow. still was a really big mess that required a lot of... How long, <laughs> how long in between realizing you had to fire him and actually getting him out? Probably like four months, five wow. months. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, so it was a bit. It was bad. And like most of that time came from COVID because we didn't see him for a month or two because of that. Yeah. Um, so it would have happened faster if we were all in person, but mm -hmm. still there's no excuse for it. Yeah. So who we were talking about social media and I like agree at, we only see like the top moments of majority mm -hmm. of people who, I mean, I know for me, Gary Vee, I know you also enjoy him, but who's someone that inspires you on the daily? doesn't have to be with social media. Someone you see on the daily that just, you're like, Oh, okay. I like, they inspire me. Um, I don't know about on the daily. I don't follow a lot of influencers who I'm like, ooh. Or like, people. just doesn't have to be on social media. Maybe yeah. Ed Catmull. He's the president of Pixar. Okay. Okay. Um, he has a book called Creativity Inc. If you're building any kind of business, I'd strongly recommend you read it. Creativity Inc. It's all the story of how Pixar was created, but yeah. not just the story of Pixar, but the culture they've created. And culture is one of the most important parts of a company becoming successful. Yeah. And so reading that book and having all of my employees read that book really changed the dynamic of how we operate and how we like view leadership and creativity. So Ed Catmull is a huge one. Um, yeah, he's probably one of my biggest, my, the biggest guys who influences a lot of stuff I do. Um, there's a lot of writers. Matthew McConaughey, he's a 
I'm highly motivated by him. He has a book called Green Lights. Okay. Love that. Um, so yeah, but he's an actor. I'm an aspiring yeah. actor. I he's love, amazing. Yeah, so he's definitely one of the people I look up to. That's so dope. Um, so we want to wrap up this episode with a segment that we came up just for Brian. And it's awesome. called Invest and Not Invest. <laughs> so we're going to give Probably you the worst person. Yeah, we kind of we kind of realized it wouldn't fit halfway <laughs> right. through, but right. we'll go with it. If it's a fail, it's a fail. But right. we're going to give you company names. Cool, cool. Just off the top of your head. Yep. Invest in them, not invest in them. So you cool. want to hit them with the Sweet. first one. Bitcoin. I'm heavily invested in Bitcoin. Really? I have about 70, 80K into Bitcoin right now. Wow. Um, and so I would say, yeah, a year ago, definitely invest in Bitcoin. Um, right now, if you have extra money to lose and and you want to take a risk, somebody told me to invest 1% of our portfolio into Bitcoin. Uh, so it's about what I'm doing. But um, they, yeah, I think it's it's too volatile of an investment to where if you have no other investments to put into. But yeah. if you have money to, to play with, yeah, I'd say invest in Bitcoin. Okay. Wow. What do you think about NFTs? Uh, I don't know enough about it. I think they're interesting. I would like to buy some like a digital piece of art yeah. Yeah. or Michael Jordan's first basket. Like that would just be I a cool that. flex. Yeah. Um, so I think it's once again, I think if you have money to play with, why not? Tinker around in some NFTs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We already talked about him. Tesla. Tesla. Uh, I would invest in Tesla. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah that would be a, a long-term stock mm-hmm. for me, you know, uh, because I think down, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the road, they're going to, taking over the world yeah yeah so 100% invest in tesla what about real estate 100% best in real estate yeah um especially well right now it's kind of a, a seller's market yeah. um so you know even my business partner's like why are you buying houses but i'm like i'm buying houses because it's fun so yeah i just closed on a house yesterday that i'm flipping into an airbnb nice. and i think yeah if you can afford it 100% invest yeah. in real estate real estate's a great investment yeah um the big one apple apple uh, i don't have any money in apple personally i think um yeah, I think I'd invest in Apple. Yeah. yeah. All right, this last one. We know we have we know you have a couple cars, but cars. <laughs> investment, not investment. Investment, no. Cars are I mean, a horrible you're investment. Lose money yeah. off you have to, like unless you're buying like you know like a 1960 Lamborghini that's like a spit limited edition. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I you know I bought a Lambo for 305k. Um, I paid cash for it. Wow. Biggest waste of money. Like I, I'm, that, that had to be cool. No, yeah. it was. Yeah. It, it, it was cool. And it's a fraction of my monthly salary. So yeah. it's not even like I would, but I would never, ever encourage somebody to go buy a car that expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the only benefits I've received from owning a Lamborghini is meeting with other business owners. <laughs> when you pull up in a Lamborghini, yeah. I can wear my Such hat, my joggers and whatever, and they'll yeah. still take me seriously. Yeah. It's like, okay, he's rolling thick. So I think that's the only benefit. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, like my girlfriend doesn't even care about cars. Yeah. So I drive it around because it's fun. It goes really fast, but it's probably a more of a liability to me yeah. than yeah. any kind of asset. Um, do not invest in cars unless you're like buying them, renovating them, flipping them. You know, yeah. you know how people do that. They yeah, fix yeah, them yeah. up and sell them. Then, but no, cars are a horrible investment. I actually have one last question. Okay. You said that the 305 was just a fraction of your monthly salary. Mm-hmm. Could I ask what that actually is? Mm. See, that vastly varies depending on how much profit we take out of the company. Okay. okay. So there's been months where we've taken out, you know, 100, 150K, and that's yeah. only like 90 to 100k for me personally mm-hmm. then we have months we take out like 2 million wow um so it, it totally varies depending on um the month but i mean it's you know probably close to 10 million a year wow um as far as like the, the profit and stuff like that um but that's just from that's but that's probably a combined number with 
a few different business investments and things like that. That's not all from Adventure Challenge. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're that's all of our questions. We want to thank you for coming on. Yeah. Anyone me, that's looking for another podcast to listen to, go check out Fail Journal. You can watch it on YouTube, mm-hmm. Spotify, all those platforms. If you're listening on Spotify to our pad podcast make sure you download the episode if you're listening on apple music leave a review download the episode if you're listening on watching on youtube subscribe throw a like turn on the post notification. Yeah. that word yeah the social cool. media instagram um twitter TikTok. tiktok everything follow us leave comments suggestions what you want us to talk about in the next episode guest suggestions as well just yeah i think that's all right, I think that's all right.